Hi, this is Steve Bowes, and you are listening to Radical Research, a new conversation in HCM research with host Madeline Lerano on the HR Happy Hour podcast network. This episode on the HR Happy Hour network is made possible by WorkHuman, helping businesses energize cultures, drive performance, and unite workforces by creating human moments that matter. Visit www.workhuman.com. And remember to subscribe to Radical Research and all the HR Happy Hour Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining another episode of Research, Radical Research, part of the HR Happy Hour podcast series. My name is Madeline Lerano, and I am your host today. And I'm also the founder of Aptitude Research. And I am thrilled to be here talking with Quincy Valencia, who is at Alexander Mann Solutions. And we are going to talk about something that's very near and dear to both of our hearts. We're going to talk about the hourly workforce and some of the things that we're seeing today, some of the trends in how companies are recruiting hourly workers, how hourly workers are being impacted by COVID and everything happening in our workplace today. And we're going to talk about the awesome new solution that Alexander Mann Solutions is bringing to market for hourly, called hourly. So, Quincy, thank you so much for joining me. This is a topic I know we could spend hours and hours talking about. So thank you for doing with, with me for just 20 minutes here. But um, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're right. I could talk about this all day long. So um, it'll be fun trying to keep it for both of us to keep it to a manageable, interesting topic for the listeners here. But I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. Awesome. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we started this research project last year and it was enlightening for me. I think, you know, I've been doing research on work, workforce and talent acquisition and, and all these trends impacting human capital management for, for years and years. And I have to say, this is probably one of the most impactful that projects that I've done um, because it's amazing how large the segment of, of our workforce is hourly, you know, 82 million hourly workers and how we just are not doing these workers justice. Uh, we don't have the right solutions in place for them. We don't have the right communication strategies in place. Companies really have very little insight into how they're attracting and recruiting hourly workers. And it's such an important topic today. And it's even more important given everything that's happening with COVID today. So we're going to start off and we're going to talk a little bit about the impact, um, because it's important today, of COVID-19 on hourly workers and, and what you're seeing with the companies that, that you're talking to and, and the work that you're doing at Alexander Mann. Yeah, it's, it, it's really especially interesting, the numbers that you gave, the 82 million hourly workers, or there were at the time you did your research, right? Um, in the U.S., it's the largest segment of employees in the United States at large. And it's also the largest segment that has been impacted by COVID-19. So I just read something right before we came on, Madeline, that said the three top industries that have had a severe impact from COVID-19 or manufacturing, travel, transportation, and retail, um, all of which are extraordinarily dependent for day-to-day -day business operations on the hourly worker. Um, and so where we've seen, I think it's 22 million new claims for unemployment um, just in the past five or six weeks, I forget the number. Um, and so many of those do fall in this hourly category. And so what we're looking at are companies who are dealing with a lack of employee, which means then they have a lack of business or vice versa, but they're going to come back. And I think that's the biggest uh, question on employers' minds is they've, you know, had to lay off and let go so many, so much of their employee base. Um, 
in a lot of these cases. And then when we start rolling out of this, as some states already are, like my state, Georgia, um, started opening up on Friday and then some more Saturday and some today. Um, they've also laid off their talent acquisition functions for the most part. So if we have 22 million people that have been laid off, and if we're going to get, let's just say, the bulk of those back, organizations are really struggling with how are they going to manage that influx of talent when it comes in. And then the other half of what you're seeing, I literally saw a commercial, a television commercial for Domino's Pizza asking for people to apply for a job. Um, I've never seen a pizza commercial before saying nothing about their pizza uh, and focusing solely on the job opportunities that they have. So we have this interesting um, opportunity here where companies in, in some states can't hire people fast enough in, in some you know, particular restaurants and that sort of thing. And we have others who just as many of them have been laid off and how are they going to hire them back when the time comes? Yeah, it's such an interesting challenge. And I think, you know, you bring up so many good points. Like if the TA function is being reduced right now or there are layoffs happening there, how are companies going to be able to ramp up when they need to do that? And how are we going to think about not only getting some candidates back, but getting them back as customers too? And that's one thing that I've seen happening right now is how much the brand is linked with these companies, especially in these hourly industries. And it makes me as a consumer want to be affiliated with companies that I know are treating their employees or their candidates well. And that's not a feeling I've ever had before in a recession or um, during a, you know, a, a time that's been so uncertain as, as we are in right now. It's that to me, the brand is so important um, more than ever. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Everybody's talked about brand anyway. Um, and especially for these hourly jobs, particularly um, consumer-facing hourly jobs. So if you're a cashier at a retail store or if you're a server at a restaurant, that sort of thing, your employees uh, work most of the time were customers before they became employees. That's how they knew about you and how you had jobs. And if they have opportunity, you know, if you're at Big Docs retailer number one, uh, and, and when the jobs come back and they can apply for you or they can apply at big box retailer number two, it will make a difference in how you're treating your employees through uh, this entire uh, pandemic that's so unprecedented. So that's, it's really critically important. And I have, um, you know, strong feelings about how companies should be <laughs> uh, using this time and how they're going to emerge from a pandemic as leaders uh, as opposed to just going back to business as usual, because it won't be business as usual. Um, and so if you're using this opportunity to really position yourself and, and change your experience and um, uplift your brand and, and change your process, instead of going back to how it was, you can do things like, um, for example, not have an email after someone applies that says, we'll get to you if we can, uh, but if we can't, just try back in, in 45 days if you don't hear from us. I mean, that sort of experience, by the way, that's a real example uh, that I had when I was secret shopping a very well-known brand, and that's not going to fly going forward. So we really have to look at how we're going to be, you know, high-touch in a low-touch world. I think I keep hearing uh, floating around and really support not just our employees and our companies, but our employment brand is going to be even more critical than it has been. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So you talked about kind of going through your experience and applying for a job and, you know, as, you, as you're doing research here. And, and I did the same thing. You know, I think that was what was also very eye-opening for me going through this research project is I started to experience from the candidate's perspective what it was like to apply for a job as an hourly worker. And the technology available is so behind. And for many companies, they're just using the same technology solutions that they would for uh, their salaried employees that they're using for hourly. And it doesn't really make sense. You know, in some cases, it's 
just, you know, 45 minutes to an hour just to get through the application process, let alone any assessment or anything else that's going to come along with that. So is that something that, you know, you've noticed as well is that the technology for the most part has really lagged behind in, in hourly? Yeah, of course it does. So it, it certainly, well, technology and TA in general has tended to lag behind uh, consumer-based technology, which it usually does. And then to your point, yeah, in that hourly workspace, it lags behind even more. Um, and there's no sense asking someone to spend 45 minutes, to your point, Madeline, filling out an application. Um, they only have a 15-minute break, you know, in the middle of the day. And if you can't, if they go in and they're having a bad day and it's time for them to make a move or they've heard great things about you as an employer, and they'd love to see what you have. And if there's an, an opportunity available there for them, they better be able to apply, find a job, apply, uh, and get through that process in, in that 15-minute break, or you're going to lose them to your competitor. Um, and so often what I'll see, first of all, again, to your point, the process is there's no differentiation between your hourly frontline worker and your salaried employee, which doesn't make sense. It's a different population. They use different technologies. They have different timeframes and motivations. Um, but that technology, which is usually within an ATS, was built many cases upon an old process um, that was never optimized to begin with. And the tech was built just to replicate that process that wasn't very good at all. So there's so much opportunity to fix that. And companies who are trying to, um, you know, we all know there's some, there's, there's great chatbot um, technology out there. There's assessment technology. There are point solutions for every step of the process that can really augment that experience for your job seeker and you add that in uh, often without taking out something else so you've elongated the process in the first place and then once they get through that they're then directed back into a legacy user experience in that ATS or you know traditional experience that just takes them from being really excited about doing something fun and, and informative into that oh let's you know pull up a chair and sit down for 45 minutes to complete the application so really doesn't make any sense, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, in some of the, um, the jobs that I found, it was 45 minutes for the, just to apply, and the assessments were over an hour. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, even in the research that we did, it was two-thirds of shoppers, just consumers, walking around stores are on their phone. What a great opportunity it would be to be able to give them the option to apply for a job while they're walking around looking at their phone anyway. And we just don't make it, easy for the most part as employers to, to make sure that that happens. So, you know, I think that's one of the, the great inefficiencies is the time factor. What are some of the others that you're seeing out there um, for companies that they might not even realize that that's really inefficient for recruiting hourly? Yeah, well, first and foremost is that they're not mobile. I mean, most of the, the population who are applying for these jobs um, don't have a, a laptop or a desktop computer to go in. And I say most, um, I, there are actually statistics about that. And Madeline, you may even have had that in your research. Uh, it depends on where you read. But most people, to your point, are walking around the store or walking you know, down the road or standing at the bus stop or whatever it is, and they're on their phone. So let's give them the opportunity to understand that, hey, we have jobs for you. Let's engage you on your phone, um, be it text message or web apply you know, through mobile web. Um, and make it easy for you. So that's first and foremost. Um, and, and it's just, companies just aren't doing it. The biggest sort of aha moment to me, Madeline, is that most companies don't know they don't do it. So if you, we talk to TA leadership over and over and they think that they're mobile enabled, but they aren't. All that means is you can go to the URL on somebody's mobile phone and you're seeing the desktop experience on a mobile phone and it's not optimized for that. 
it's frustrating, it's difficult, and sometimes even impossible to complete depending on, you know, the type of phone that your, your job applicant has. So um, I would challenge all TA leaders, if you haven't applied for a job yourself at your own company recently, go do it. Um, and you'll see how frustrating it can be and why your best applicants may be going somewhere else instead of coming to you. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I, lo I love that advice to apply, apply yourself. It's really, it's definitely uh, worth, the, worth the experience. I know I learned a lot just, just going through that process. Um, so you, you know, you've spent a lot of time thinking about this. You know, we've been talking about this here in this, this short period of time, but I know we could spend hours talking about it and, and you've certainly spent uh, many months thinking about this. So tell us about Hourly, the, the new solution that Alexander Man Solutions is coming to market with and how you're looking to help companies address some of these inefficiencies. Yeah, it's a great question. So Hourly came about from um, those of us who've worked in the TA space for hundreds and hundreds of years collectively. I'm not that old. So collectively we have that experience. And looking around and really understanding and being involved with um, different technology platforms that exist and yet still complaining about the gaps in the white space and um, our former CEO saying, we'll go do something about it. And so um, the, the biggest issues that we see were, again, there are so many good point solutions and technology um, that exist, but there's nothing to make the experience flow um, through consistently through one platform. So you're not tossed back and forth between that you know, modern UX and legacy UX that we talked about before. And to get through uh, efficiently and quickly in a way that's purpose designed for this particular population of hourly. I mean, you said it before, Madeline, and we talked about it a little bit already, the, the population is different, their challenges are different, whether it be their timing, they may be sitting on the bus, they may have a friend they want to refer, and they can't remember a long URL to send someone to. Um, and we need to be able to give them the opportunity to search and, and apply for and assess for and schedule into a job interview uh, within the amount of time that their their 15 minute break is. And so that's how it all came about um, to begin with. And so Hourly exists now as a single conversational experience for getting people through the hourly uh, hiring process from source through offer. And and I think that's that that's the important differentiator is that it's consistent throughout that entire experience. It's not something that's just a sourcing solution. It's not something that's just dealing with the scheduling aspect. It's a consistent experience for these individuals throughout the entire talent acquisition process. And, um, you know, one thing that I think is important that I, it's probably going to be a reality for a lot of individuals today is, you know, we're going to see people that have not been in hourly roles in the past ever starting to need to apply for those positions um, based on, you know, what they might have experienced. They might have been laid off. Um, you know, they might need a job. And now to have to be an hourly worker for the first time, they're going to need a really simple, consistent, uh, inviting experience to, to help them feel like they can manage this, this process in a really um, easy, simple way. And, you know, I think that's, that's so needed today. And it's needed for, um, you know, hourly workers in, in normal times and certainly now even more so in these crazy uncertain times. So um, I think it's great that you're doing that. I think the whole process is seven minutes, right? For someone to go through the sort to offer. Yeah, on average. And that includes pre-screening. That includes uh, uncovering uh, an individual's own self-identified skills or desires or experience so that, hey, perhaps, you know, you went in to apply um, there are 50 different jobs. You're not sure which one is best for you. You think you're qualified for all of them. 
Um, so you just apply to the first one that's there, but perhaps there's another job on another shift uh, or at another location less than a mile away that you have particular skills for. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe they need someone in plumbing experience and you've been a plumber, whatever that might be. Uh, maybe it pays more. So um, our technology helps you work through that as well. So you're not left guessing as an applicant. Um, it also assesses you uh, for your personality, which is not a strong predictor of performance. So we're not claiming that it is, but it is a strong predictor of, uh, of other things that are important to companies like the ability to stay or your propensity for um, positive attitude and interpersonal relationships and that sort of a thing. So while you'd never select an employee on the hiring manager side based solely on that, it does help you um, to compare your applicants to those within your own organization who have been successful in those very roles. Um, and so whether you are a, a, an organization that has an overabundance of applicants and you need to narrow that pool down to who are the best within this pool, um, or whether you don't have enough and you really need to just be able to sort and say who's going to be the best from who has applied, um, we are offered you know, within our platform the ability to do that and get them scheduled and get them in. Um, to really kind of crush your time to hire and make sure that you're doing that, not just with a, an entire pool of applicants, but with the best qualified uh, within that pool. Yeah, and simple and, and easy. And I think so much of, you know, what we've talked about in the past few years has been around communication. And that that is the candidate experience for hourly workers, it's communication. And I know that's, you know, a big emphasis for for designing hourly and making sure that that comes through. And I think you know, anyone out there that's listening and, you know, is responsible for hiring hourly workers, definitely go through the experience of applying for a job, see what it's like at your organization, see what it's like at competitors' organizations, and, and see what that communication channel is and where it breaks down. And to me, that's, that's the biggest uh, opportunity for organizations to be able to think about how do we communicate in a more consistent way, um, make this more meaningful, make it, you know, more personal and, and and less scary. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we tend to, and I, I don't say we like you and I, but let's just talk about it like it is. In general, um, for some of these companies, especially ones that are particularly large, and especially ones with this large volume of applicants, as we'll be looking at coming out of our, our current uh, pandemic, um, it, becomes, it becomes commoditized. And so you apply, and again, you have those way too many applicants, you can't get to them all. Uh, eventually, they might hear back from you, sorry, but it's closed. You know, eventually they may never hear anything. 62%, I think, according to your own, own research, Madeline, never hear anything back after they've applied. And yeah. we don't think that's acceptable. These are human beings that we're seeing now more than ever are really drivers of the economy. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're handholding and, and curating that experience for them in the same way that we would for ourselves or for our peers um, who are working in something other than that type of job. And so within hourly, we're actually... Uh, personalizing communications based on that personality assessment um, to give people tips for, hey, we know you have an interview scheduled. Um, keep some of these things in mind. Or um, we're sorry that you didn't get this job, but we really appreciate you taking the time to apply with us. And, and you know, we think you could be great in the future. We're going to reach out to you if there's something else. But in the meantime, you know, we as an employer are committed to full employment within our community and we want to help you get where you want to go. So here's some other um, content that might be of interest to you specifically applicant based on your own personality profile that may help you along your journey. So how can we give something back to our applicants who've taken the time and, and what's often not a very nice you know, experience for them um, to, to let them know that we appreciate them, um, that we 
are sorry that we couldn't make a match for them, but we still appreciate them as humans and as applicants and as being part of our community. And we think that really is a differentiator for our applicants. Uh, we don't only think that, we've actually done extensive market research and the numbers are very telling and who appreciates and how it actually elevates their opinion of the brand uh, and how likely they would be to, to uh, actually go into that company as you know, just a consumer when they get the treatment going through the process. Yeah, the rejection is so interesting because you know, it's not just 62% that don't hear back, it's all these people that have not received a job are left with no communication in a really bad experience. So I think it's, it's so important. I, I think about it like as if I were a customer um, at a restaurant and I you know, wanted to order a meal and I order salmon and the restaurant's out of salmon that night and the waiter just never comes back to the table to tell you that. Exactly. And it would be, it would be a horrible experience. And that's what we're giving to candidates every single day when we don't come back to the table and tell them that they didn't receive the offer and, and offer them suggestions or, reasons why, you know, they, they might be able to, to move forward in another company or come back to us at some point. That's exactly right. So it also it benefits us too in being able to reconnect with those candidates. Um, everybody thinks they have, a, they have a CRM, perhaps a lot of these people do. Um, but if we can keep engaged more frequently in an automated way, so you're taking work off of your recruiters' backs if you have them, um, to surface those employees or their referrals, um, or those potential employees or their referrals, down the line. I mean, you're also eliminating waste from the process and that you've already paid to acquire this candidate some other way. Why would you pay to acquire them again? So in keeping them there and keeping them engaged automatically, um, that's going to help you as an employer and it's going to help to, um, you know, keep that candidate engaged a better feeling about your company than it would have otherwise. So Quincy, this is, this is awesome. And I'm taking notes here as you're talking. So I'm certainly learning a lot. And I know a lot of people listening are probably interested in, in what they can do to improve the way that they're recruiting hourly workers and, and think about some of these strategies. What's the best way for anyone listening to get in touch with you to learn more about hourly and, and AMS? What's, what's the best way to, to find out how to? Yes, the most direct way to find out about us is to go to wearehourly.com. You'll find out about the platform, um, about how we may be able to help you as you're thinking about how you're going to emerge from this crisis and be better positioned in the marketplace um, as an employer and potential employer for those candidates out there. Awesome. And we have the research report too. That's probably there if anyone's interested um, in, in seeing some of these insights that we're talking about today too. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, Quincy. This is such an important topic. I think not just in, in regular times, but I think in, in these uncertain times too, this is a topic we need to keep talking about. So I really appreciate you coming here, taking some time to, to chat with me today. And um, this definitely will not be the last time we'll be talking about this topic. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations on keeping us to about 20 minutes between the two of us. I wasn't sure that could happen. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pretty impressive. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone.